I'm Allison Van Hooser, and I'm on a sold-out mission to develop highly successful leaders at all levels. In the 15 years I've been working throughout the food, financial, retail industries, and politics, I've become deeply aware of the powerful effects of leadership. In each episode, you will get strategies and actions you can use immediately in order to change you, your team, and your business. The question is, will you choose to own it? Will you put your stake in the ground and decide to do something with what you've learned today? This is Stake, the Leadership Podcast. We're about to have a really candid conversation, maybe even a complicated conversation about workplace romance. I was recently asked to share with you all my opinion as a millennial on dating at work. Is it cool? Or is it not? Here's what I know. When you put a group of people together in person, if they spend enough time with each other, eventually somebody is likely going to have the urge to merge. Yes, I did say that. (laughs) Think about it. Summer camp, school classrooms, the office, so on. A summer crush at band camp might have been cool, but is dating at work a whole different story? I'm going to give you my take on it. Now, I'm about to lay out my honest, real, raw opinion on dating in the workplace, knowing full well that some people will disagree with me. As a keynote speaker and leadership trainer, it's important that I take all of my experience working with different organizations and help guide leaders to manage the new workforce, five generations in the workforce, such a diverse workforce, one that's more diverse than it ever has been. But before I share my advice with you today, you have to know a few factors that play a part in shaping my perspective. So I was asked to give a millennial perspective, but I'm so much more than a millennial. If you've ever been in any of my leadership management training sessions, you understand the incredible value that comes from learning the stories about what has shaped the perspective of the people around you. It's when you start to learn people's stories, when you get to know them instead of learning about them, when you actually get to know them, their stories, then you can better appreciate their stances. So for me... I'm not going to tell you all a bunch of stories today, but you have to sort of get a picture in your mind of my perspective. I am a millennial. I'm a female and I'm a mother. I've also been an employee and a manager. As a leadership development trainer and keynote speaker, I've worked with small local organizations as well as international organizations with thousands of employees. I've worked with frontline employees all the way up to CEO and board of director level. I'm from a small town in the south, and I still live in a small town today. I met my husband, not at work, but in high school, and now I actually work with a married couple, my in-laws, doing leadership development work. You must also know that I've worked with couples who have dated and broken up. I've worked with couples who have dated and gotten married. I have managed married couples who worked within the same organization. So I have practical, real-world experience with this as a millennial. 
So in understanding all of those different factors that make up my perspective, there's a lot to dig in there. Absolutely. So much that has shaped my current perspective on dating at work. And I say current because I looked back over how my perspective might have shifted over the past 10 years or so. And I'm in a different place now than I used to be. In order for you to understand my current perspective, you have to know about me. And I told you some things about me, the things that have shaped me. But even more important than understanding my perspective today, you must understand your employees, your coworkers, or your manager's perspectives on dating in the workplace. You need to get to know those people better so that then you understand how you need to adapt in order to help you both be more successful going forward. So, here we go. My advice, if I was speaking to an employee, I would say, I'm an unabashed opponent of workplace romance inside someone else's company. Just don't go there. Don't go there. Don't do it. As an employee, if you don't own that business, don't hook up with anybody inside that business. I'll elaborate more on that in a moment. I'm going to sort of flip the coin for a moment. My advice to management is different than it is for employees. As a manager, a supervisor, someone who must develop a workplace policy around dating at work, whereas I would tell an employee, don't even go there. I'm going to tell you, dating at work, workplace romance is complicated. So you've got to think this through. Let's talk to the employees for a minute. I'm going to ask you some questions or give you some things to think about. What's more important to you, your job or finding love? If your job is more important to you than finding love, then don't distract yourself at work with a relationship. You risk losing what's most important to you, which would be your job. If your job is more important than finding love, don't go there. Don't do it. On the other hand, if you're more interested in finding love than being successful and staying around long-term in your current position, then look for love. But once you think you might have a chance, you might have found it, go find another job somewhere else so that the door is open, wide open, for you to date that person you have your eye on at the office. Here's the thing. Inter-office dating can make your life extremely complicated and stressful. Think about it. If you start wanting to date someone at work, you're going to have to start managing your new relationship in accordance with the company guidelines. And while you're doing that, you're going to have to desperately try to maintain trust and integrity with all your other co-workers who... They're going to notice what you're doing, even if you try to hide it. Somebody's going to find out. And so while you're doing those two things, you're also going to have to work to build that relationship with your co-worker, your new love interest. And, you know, they, they may be working 10 feet from you, but you're not really allowed to act normal with them for the eight plus hours of time you're around them every day. <sighs> that sounds like a lot to handle, right? When you think about, or before you think about dating, anybody at work, 
ask yourself, what's most important to me? Finding love or being successful in this role? No judgment, no shade either way, but you need to define that for yourself. This feels like it may be cold, it may be hardcore, but I mean it. If a person at work is important enough to you, why not make life easier for both of you by finding a job at another organization? Here's the thing. Here's why I feel so strongly about this. If you're listening to this podcast, Stake, the leadership podcast, you're likely someone who wants to be more successful in their professional life. I would tell you this today. I will tell you this tomorrow. I will tell you this in 10 years. Don't ever give someone a reason to question you. When it comes to dating at work, don't give someone a reason to question your ethics, your integrity, your performance, your motives. Make the decision now. What's more important to me? This position, this job, or finding love? And then make decisions accordingly. And now I'm going to switch gears. Let's talk to those who are managing and supervising people. Yes, 100%. I would advise employees, everyone, not to date someone you work with. I don't necessarily think, though, that managers should implement a no fraternization policy. Think about small town America for a minute. In my small town, we have one business that employs a large portion of our town's workforce. Many of their employees have spouses that also work there. Imagine if that organization put a no fraternization policy in place. It's absolutely reasonable that they might force their own hand to cut their own workforce by 25%. And from there going forward, they're going to struggle to meet performance and profitability standards. But on the other hand... I'll say this, I've worked with organizations that have a very small workforce inside a very large community. Now hearing that, you might be tempted to think that because they could more easily meet their workforce requirement, they should have a no fraternization policy. Well, (laughs) I don't agree. Once you put an all or nothing policy in place, As a manager, as a supervisor, you risk losing some of your best performers. People or couples who potentially could work very well together within an organizational team. And also, if you put that all or nothing policy in place, you're testing the trust among those on your team, between you and those on your team. They're going to start wondering, do they not think I can handle this? Do they not think I'm mature enough? All these questions that are going to test the trust in your professional relationship together, they're going to begin to creep in. It's a slippery issue. If you allow it, you're probably going to have issues. If you don't allow it, you're probably going to have issues. So what's the answer? There's not a good answer. There's not a good clear-cut answer. But what does seem to work for employers and employees, hear me carefully, what does seem to work in my experience for employers and employees is having a constant conversation. Now, when I say a constant conversation, I'm also meaning as a manager or supervisor, including practical education, instruction, and application on what is and is not acceptable within your organization. So notice that I said a conversation with employees. I did not say to email them a policy and expect them to get it. It's important that you give them lots of different ways to 
understand, to be able to see what is and is not acceptable within your organizations. Videos, pictures, stories about the culture that you want to create, specifically regarding dating in the workplace. Now, while managing workplace is so complicated, I want to take it back to something simple as we finish this up. Dating people at work becomes a problem when it hurts other people. Let me say that again. Dating people at work becomes a problem when it hurts other people. Too often, dating at work causes favoritism, declining performance, harassment, trust issues, and so on. And sometimes it's just the fear that those things would happen that causes issues. You know, views on inner office relationships may differ between generations, between organizational sizes, between people from different parts of the country. But what doesn't change is this. Nobody likes leaders who show favoritism. Nobody likes employees, coworkers, or leaders who are bringing down team performance. Nobody likes being harassed, and nobody likes feeling like they can't trust the people around them. No doubt. If you want to position yourself for ultimate leadership success, ultimate professional success, don't ever give anyone a reason to doubt you, not when you can help it. Instead, give people a reason to count on you to be honest and full of integrity every time, all the time. The latest research shows a declining number of people who date people in the place that they also work. There are many factors that are causing that decline. Some of them are generational differences, but those generational differences stem from people's experience with the Me Too movement. It stems from all of the options we have now for online dating. It stems from us working more remotely than ever. We're not having those in-person interactions that oftentimes spark romance. But now I'm curious. What do you think about workplace romance? You think it's cool? You think it's not? Let me know. Leave me a comment. Shoot me an email. You can reach me anytime at allison at vanhooser.com. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For the links to everything mentioned in this episode, check out the show notes. And if you'd like more practical, tactical leadership development content, Go to www.vanhooser.com for my weekly blog and all the links to my social media channels. And if it makes sense to start improving the leadership skills of your managers and supervisors, let's talk about training options for your team. Email me at allison at vanhooser.com. Leaders, make the choice today to put your stake in the ground and own your leadership success. This is Stake the Leadership Podcast.